Hi, you're listening to Flying Sober. This is a podcast about cultivating relationships and sobriety and stepping into self-discovery through love, understanding, and exploration. The opportunity to learn about yourself through others starts now. Hello, 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 my lovely listeners. And today, boy, do we have a surprise for you. We have a therapist that we're going to be interviewing. We both thought, me and Jonathan, it would be a good idea to bring uh, a therapist into the picture because we both, um, you know, had experiences with therapists and helped us a whole lot to process who we are. And I know in rehab, that was one of the key factors that helped me. And therapists can play a huge role in our recovery. But I'm going to let Jonathan introduce who I would like to call the good doctor. Actually, I had the privilege of working with uh, Dr. Harry Henshaw. And it's interesting, at that point in my life, I was kind of faced with certain issues that were affecting my behavioral patterns. And actually, Dr. Henshaw said to me, you know, Jonathan, why don't you just change your thoughts? And... I had no idea how the hell to do that. And I remember at that point I was working on a step series and I was reading into chapter five, um, speaking on step five. And it actually said that speaking to therapists has been a beneficial tool for centuries. It's just for some reason, Rachel, we just don't like talking to therapists. We don't like like talking to therapists. Yeah, but most addicts and alcoholics don't know how to get honest because with other people. Maybe because it involves laying on a couch and paying $150 an hour, but it's not always like that. Well, you know how we talked about like how like people ask us how we're doing and we say we're fine and fine means fucked up, insecure, neurotic and emotional. Yeah. Like we close ourselves off to other people and we don't share ourselves with actual professionals and we have the privilege of actually being in the and presence of a really... And actually getting outside help and some, an unbiased opinion. Absolutely. So without further ado, this is Dr. Harry Henshaw. Harry, please tell us about yourself. Uh, well, welcome and thank you for inviting me to this. this. This is fun. I like talking about the work that I do. Um, I got my education, my doctoral degree from Boston University in 1985. Wow. I've been working in the field uh, over 35 years now. Uh, both in mental health and substance abuse. I've been doing counseling, psychotherapy. I've been a clinical director, executive director. I've started agencies, do consulting with agencies. And right now I'm in the process of continuing to do counseling. I'm also writing a book. So uh, all that sort of stuff's going into uh, my work. And um, I'm just, I'm glad to be here. This is fun. So Dr. Henshaw, tell us, where did your career start? Uh, the career started, um, somewhat difficult question. My, the degree that I have now is in doing counseling and human development, but I have like another doctoral degree in philosophy. So it started back then when I was you know, dealing with philosophical things, and I, I don't see much difference between philosophy and doing counseling. It's just sort of like they all bleed together. <laughs> yeah, you do. And, um, Very true. So I think it prepared me for that. So that was at the University of Toronto, like years and years and years ago, like a bunch of years ago. And then when I decided uh, that I needed something practical to make a living, I decided, okay, I'll go back to school at BU, Boston University. Uh, and then I started working in, uh, my first job was working in a, a psychiatric unit of a oh, wow. state, state hospital. Wow, so and, the, you're qualified to work with crazy people. Uh, uh, these, these people have mental issues, for sure. And um, 
And then I started working, and I came to Miami. I was working in several hospitals, psychiatric hospitals. And then I got a job, um, a person, two people that I knew that ran a treatment center in North Miami Beach, you know, asked me if they wanted to work part-time in the evening doing substance abuse. And I said, well, I've never done that. Sounds fun. So I started to do it and actually just fell in love with it. Wow. Yeah. And then they found out I was licensed, and they asked me if I wanted a full-time job. And at that point, I was like, "This absolutely. So then I just started working and working, and it's just been one constant stream right after another. And um, so that's what I do now is probably 95% of the folks that I work with are in the program. And um, I, you know, I believe in the program. I think people should go to the program, but I think there's more that, that could be done for a lot of people. And it gets down to, you know, learning her work, Louise Hayes' work. Um, because where the program you know, talks about, it's, it, in, you know, it's like on page 143, it talks about a transformation of thought and attitude. Well, thought and so attitude, it, it's there. Yeah. You know, I didn't make that one up. Um, and w- when you start talking about, you know, what is the particular thought, I think what she gives is clarity to this problem. It's really the thought that we have about ourselves. It's the judgment that we've passed on ourselves. And when we pass judgment on ourselves, it just colors everything that we do. It colors relationships. It colors like your profession, working. There's nothing in your life that's not touched by what you think and feel about yourself. And when you transform that or reinvent yourself, all this other stuff changes. You know, it, it's like everything in your life is, is a direct function of what psychologists refer to as self-image, self-concept. You know, just a view that you have of your value and worth as a human. Mm-hmm. And that's why this work with her is just uh, not only for myself, but everybody that I work with. When they do the work, along with their connection to the program, they, do, they transform their lives. I mean, you, you know some of the people that we've worked with. They're just different, you know, and they actually care about themselves. They're not out trying to do, th- you know, horrible, nasty, rotten things to themselves. They're not out trying to kill themselves. They're, you know, they're living their life and, and because they care about themselves. You know, one of the main things that in one of the prayers it said, release you of bondage of self, and that's obviously the mind. Mm-hmm. So that's what the root of all evil is, is your thinking. Is your thinking, right. And, but as she says, in the, and you know, you know, it's just a thought, and a thought can be changed. Your, ch- your thinking can be changed. It can be transformed. And, you know, a lot of people give up hope, but, yeah, you, as long as you're moving, you can change your thinking. You may need somebody to show you how to do that, mm-hmm. which makes sense, but you can do it. So there's always hope, you know, and when you start to create, like, you start to feel better. Our thinking creates our emotions. So when you feel bad you're having some, some negative thoughts going around. So when you, you know, it's like I always tell people, if you're not using drugs or alcohol, you have access to your body, which is your barometer. How are you feeling? If you're feeling like good, then you're, you've got positive thoughts running. You know, you're, you're moving in the right direction. If you're feeling bad, that's something to take a look at. That's about your thinking. We had a podcast about that we were talking about before you meet someone, the potential someone, is take your own temperature. Remember we talked about that? Yeah, we did. Take your own temperature. How are you feeling? Because if you're feeling bad, you're going to invite the wrong person into your life. Well, I I have a question that I ask people. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of, I I think you might have heard that question. Maybe you have. 
Would you like to be in a relationship with someone who thinks and feels about themselves the way that you think and feel about yourself right now? <laughs> Did you get it? Absolutely. And when people really get the question, their answer is like immediate. No. Or yes. But in my case, it's usually no. Because that's saying that I don't love myself. And what's the program say? You really can't give away what? Something you don't got? You haven't got? Exactly. So if you don't have self-love, if you don't have love for yourself... It's funny. A lot of people think that self-love means how you look or how you present yourself to the world. And socially, that's what we're meant to believe, that we have to look a certain way to be lovable. And I got to tell you, from my experience... It didn't matter how good I looked, what car I drove, how much money I had. None of that got me true love. And by working this 12-step program, I realized that it's an inside job. It's about respecting yourself. It's about acknowledging yourself. It's about accepting yourself. You know, and it, it's not, you're not going to find it outside of you. You're not going to find it in people, places, and things. You're going to find it inside. And it's learning, I think it's ultimately to accept yourself unconditionally and that's why that thing on 417 is so powerful you know that I could say acceptance we believe is a solution to all problems when you apply it to yourself then it's powerful because you accept yourself completely as you are in the moment and that's hard for a lot of people to accept well you know I'll be better if I get and then they start naming a litany of things outside of themselves and that's not what this is about this is not about your condition in life. It's about your beliefs about yourself. Yeah, but what if someone feels completely lonely? Oh. And they feel like they need to fill that with another person in their lives. Does that also mean that they're well, not... A, a lot of that can be... Love themselves? It, no, it, they don't. Because they're, they're thinking like they need somebody else. It's, we refer to it as codependency. You know, it's like you believe that you need somebody to be whole. Yeah. You know, to be complete. And the truth is, you really don't. Because, you know, if you're to start to love yourself, and this is, the, this is kind of an interesting So when you start to love yourself, you create access to another connection. And that's to your higher power, God, source, spirit, whatever you want to call that. So when you start to love yourself, you start to create this connection. So there's a direct relationship with me loving myself, and me getting connected, if that makes sense. It actually does make sense. And something you said that it's so prevalent for me and, and, and for anyone that I work with, you said that, you know, basically our thoughts about ourselves really dictate our behavior and, and how we operate. And, and, and immediately to my head, what came into mind is like what happens when you actually take a pop, proper four step and a fifth step and going through your amends and everything else. That's making peace with your past. So your changing can change, right? Oh. Because you're getting rid of that garbage and you're getting rid of those self-limiting beliefs. And for me, it's interesting enough, like I used to work with Dr. Henshaw. And I mentioned before we pressed the record button how much he helped me. And he was just like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Henshaw, you remember when I was dating that girl? And the one that, he'll look at that smile on his face, he remembers. I was dating this girl, and I was doing everything under the sun to try to make her happy, and things just wasn't working out, and she broke it off with me. And I remember I went into this, like, low depression because I was in codependency. Yeah, because your identity was in her. Exactly. Right? It was Precisely. By yeah, someone else. exactly. It was just saying that to someone else. And though. so... 
being loving, he gave me the Louise Hay book. And he said, why don't you take a read in this and really see what's going on and, and start doing some mirror work. And I was like, okay. And at, before, the, see, it, it says it in our literature, and it's so true for me. Like, until you're in enough pain, you're not going to want to do anything. And I was in a lot of pain. Um, and unfortunately for us addicts and alcoholics, I mean, Dr. Henshaw, you've seen it in your experience. We have a high tolerance to pain. Mm-hmm. Like we can go through some of the most horrific things that we cause towards ourselves. And then someone makes a suggestion, why don't you change something? And all of a sudden we're just doing it over and over and over again. But this time I was ready to listen. And Until we heard enough. Until you're, that's, the, that's where the awakening happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm just with addiction with a lot of other things, too, mm-hmm. right? No, absolutely. And um, I, read, I read the Louise Hay book, and I started realizing that everything that happened in my life was for a purpose. Everything. When it came down to childhood experiences, like, I, I loved when she actually said, you get to choose your own, you chose your parents. You mm-hmm. chose your lifestyle. You chose certain things for yourself. And when I had realized and accepted that I had the power of choice, I started switching my actual experience for myself. Like, like I've said it before on this podcast, like I had some father issues and all of a sudden I switched it in my head that my father is the spirit of the universe. So all of my lessons and everything else was coming from source. And when I started doing mirror work, and I actually started getting in the mirror, I started saying certain things to myself. I started saying, you are happy and successful. The universe is providing for you abundantly. Right before I met my girlfriend, I was doing mirror work every single morning. You are sexy. And you will... <laughs> you are sexy. I know. But, like, <laughs> but the, mirror, the, the, the affirmation was, you are sexy. And the woman of your dreams will approach you. Right? And what's interesting enough is our listeners heard it. I was sitting at Flanagan's meeting with a sponsee and a woman approached me. Like when you put it out into the universe, the first I, for me, it my experience, you loud and clear. it hears you loud and clear, but you have to make peace with it. Yeah. You have to make peace with the universe. And for me, and, and, and this is what I wanted to ask you, Dr. Henshaw, uh, a plethora of questions, but have you seen anybody like in over 20 years of experience we have with this gentleman. Yeah. He's worked in this addiction. Is an honor, guys. No, no, it's unbelievable. And Dr. Henshaw, have you seen anyone that has a happy, useful, and full life that has recovered from addiction that is not engaged in a 12-step program? And if so, mm-hmm. what kind of things are they doing? Like, because we're not here to only say like, I'm not here to only say, listen, there's only one way to do this. Mm-hmm. But from my experience, I haven't seen it. Now, from your standpoint, have you seen it? Um, I personally have not. And it's something that um, I encourage people to do both. Because I think, you know, going into the program, whether it's AA or NA, um, provides a lot of really healthy stuff. And then I also couple it with doing her work, Louise Hayes' work. So personally, I have not. Does that mean that some people have it? I don't know. But in my world, you really need both. And, you know, because you just need both. I, the, the people that I've seen that do both of them, I mean, like, into it completely, committed to it, they change their life. They really transform their life. And what would you say about people that... that don't want any self-help. They just think they're everything's fine, and they go. Well, I think the thing that stops a lot of people, and, and what I'll, stops I'll just, them, I'll, you know, from the, looking further into it. Um, 
the basically the belief that they really don't think that they're good enough and they're not going to tra- change or transform that. I think, in my opinion, that's the one thing that will take people out even when they start the program. They, they can't deal with that. And that belief is, if I don't love myself, what am I going to do in my life? Probably not a lot of really healthy stuff. You know, when you wow. confront that and you start to change that and you start to believe in yourself, doing the program then makes total sense. Total sense. Um, That's when your self-worth is changes too. Isn't well, it's when your self-worth changes your and then you have, you know, I was sitting in a meeting once because I do like to go to them occasionally and some people you know I like to listen to. And I, I was just kind of spacing out and having some lovely coffee at one of the, you know, uh, rooms. It, it was actually very strong. So um, I was looking at the 12 steps and I just had this epiphany in my head. I don't, maybe it just exists in my head. The first nine steps are allowing you to get clearance from your past. Oh, and then you have 10, 11, and 12, which supposedly will keep you in the present. They're all designed to do that. And one of the things that I know that when you're reading your body and you have a negative emotion, usually, if not always, it's from your thinking from your past. Something from your past has come up <clears throat> and it's not dealt with. So, you know, people say, well, that's kind of weird. Well, it tends to be that way. Like, what's wrong with this moment right now, the three of us? Nothing. This is, it's perfect. It's, it is. But when we start to feel bad, something is creeped up from wherever, and it's, a, it's, it's most likely about your past. And that could be quite the issue if you bring that into a new relationship. And we're going to talk about that in next week's episode. So, guys, unfortunately, we're going to stop right there because we can't have our podcast go over 20 minutes. Some of you may not have patience for that. Um, So we're going to continue this chat next week. So please tune in. We've been talking to the good doctor for quite a while. So we'll probably have a couple more episodes with Dr. Harry Henshaw. And with that said, we look forward to the next time we connect, which is every Friday at 7 a.m. For any comments, go to flying-sober.com.